I got into such a crazy funk and depression because I literally changed my entire life, you know, and I have a family that I have to support. I have a wife mm -hmm. and my business partner, and it was just... I took the leap job. of faith. Yeah, exactly. He, um, you know, we literally just went to a brewery one night, and we're like, dude, let's just talk one-on-one -on -one and figure this out. Like, are we actually going to do this? And if so, how are we going to make this work? In this episode, my friend Jordy Wester joins me. We discuss the uncertainty of entrepreneurship and the faith required in making an independent income, especially when others depend on you. He's a talented, hardworking guy that demonstrates what grit and determination look like. He's already success in many ways, and I'm confident that'll only grow in time. I hope you enjoy the episode. So this is Jordy. What's up, man? What's up, bro? Um, I just met you today, so I don't... Yeah, I just. this is my buddy. Um, he's doing something quite ambitious yes called the very ambitious <laughs> <laughs> you've been working on it for a long time uh -huh. it's called the bunkhouse and uh it's a big film studio how would you define it how would you um yeah i would say film studio first that's like what i have in my mind because that's what i am i'm a filmmaker so i'm um pursuing this thing as a film studio you know it'll be used for photography purposes too but First and foremost, first and foremost, film. That's the that that's what my business partner and I do is film. So that's yeah. what we're doing. And so that's actually how I got in contact with you over the years. Yeah. Um, because you've done work for me, you've done mm -hmm. videos for me. And um so you're doing this bunkhouse thing. It's like this big ten thousand square foot warehouse. Just about just about ten thousand square feet. And so um you've got a bunch of different sets in there that'll be available to be rented out type of thing to other people to film at and utilize. And um, there's not a lot of places. There's, I don't know if there's anywhere open to the public. No, not, not like at, that here. Not at the level we're trying to do it because locally, you know, film, film is pretty big in New Mexico. A lot of, a lot of productions come here to Netflix. The state. Exactly. you got Netflix studios. Um, you have I-25 studios, you, ha you have a lot of these bigger studios, which are, which are great, but for us as independent filmmakers, they're untouchable. Like we'll mm -hmm. never be able to shoot there. Um, and besides that, there's a lot of other smaller, um, uh, studios in town that, you know, I've shot at pretty much all of them and they're great. Like there's some green screen studios, um, and there's just some other beautiful rooms that you can go and shoot in but that's pretty not much so much an all-in-one exactly that's pretty much all it is it's just one room one one aesthetic that you can get um so there's really like no in between so you either have to like constantly try to find locations to go shoot at and it, it's tough you know that's like one of the big um, hurdles in filmmaking is like okay where are we going to shoot this how do we bring our vision to life in this location or you know there's always problems um and so this whole project was really inspired actually by this guy jacob owens he's out in tempe arizona right now but this guy's amazing like he's he's an independent filmmaker uh works with a ton of different artists he shoots tons of music videos and so i've been following him for a while and he he's been able to open up different studios not only in tempe but all around the country and they're all um like these amazing warehouses that he's completely converted into these sets and they're it's, it's a genius idea 
Um, and then just to be able to open that up to the public and really cater to the local film and photography, photography community, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. And again, in Albuquerque, we don't, we don't have anything like that here. You is know? he also a filmmaker? He is. Okay. Yeah, so he, he utilizes the spaces I imagine correct. for himself. And yeah, there he is. Um, Jake, his name is Jacob Owens. This guy's again, he's amazing. He owns all of these film, film sets. Um, but then he also, he, he's got this company called prism lens effects and he builds filters for the front of all your lenses. So like an ND filter, like an ND a filter, filter, but they're like, yes, like mist filters. There's nostalgia filters. There's prism filters. There's a he bunch built, of, he builds those. Yeah. His company, him and his business partner, they, they, they build all these. So real entrepreneurs. He's a, he's a boss. I'm telling you. Okay. And so that was a huge inspiration, but my business partner and I, Brent, um, you know, we've been wanting our own space for a while cause we're, we're always constantly renting out studio spaces and we're like, gosh, it'd be so nice just to have our own space that we can utilize for our own productions. And so that's kind of what we've and been... And assist other independent filmmakers in, in yeah, exactly. their journey. Yeah. Well, at first it was more of just, hey, let's just find a space for us because we just need an office to edit, sure. to have a green screen or a white cycle or whatever, just to be able to bring clients in and shoot whatever content they need. Um, and then as we just kept looking and looking and looking, nothing nothing was really coming up in our price range. And then, you know, this, this warehouse uh, became available and it was just massive. And I was like, okay, well, Jacob Owens could do it in Arizona. Like, why couldn't we do that? Sure. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Like I actually know um, a dude that lives in, well, he used to live in Albuquerque that has since moved out to Tempe in Arizona. So they, he's, he's actually worked with Jacob a couple of times. And so I reached out to him and said, hey, man, I got all these questions. You know, Jacob, like, how did he do this and that and that, you know, like, I would love to talk to him. But I mean, he's Jacob is insanely busy. So I'm like, yeah, there's no way um, unless I like go out there and try to like hunt him down. But yeah. <laughs> um, so I started asking his buddy, like, hey, what about this? How did he do that? And he, he gave me some like input. Pointers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I just Brent and I, we just started like praying about it. Like, is this something that we should do? And. Uh, all the right doors opened up and and then just, they all some of them closed some of them closed um <laughs> but you went yeah, through anyway which yeah is, there was a yeah <laughs> so you had a guy um a celebrity of sorts who you did work for for mm -hmm. a period of time for years yeah had a good relationship with i did and and you presented it this you presented this studio or this space mm -hmm. to him and a lot of your motivation in doing it what kind of got you through the door. Yeah, that, that was really the big reason why we even pursued this warehouse. It's because um, you had some sort of um, a commitment or at least a verbal commitment. Yeah, I had been doing this. I had been doing work with this guy for some time and I, I loved working with him. Yeah, you know? cool guy. Really cool, thought, yeah. really cool guy. And um, he really wanted to pursue like a full-blown show. Um, I'm not going to get into the details of it, but he wanted to, you know, find his own space out in LA because, you know, uh, just to build a, yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and, but the problem is it's, it's LA, it's extremely yeah. expensive. So he's going to fly out. Yeah. And so w the last time I was out there working with him, I pitched him this idea, like, cause we had, Brett and I had already been looking at this warehouse, but we're like, how the heck are we going to afford this? How are we going to do this? And so it was still kind of iffy if we were even going to move forward with this whole warehouse idea. And um, so I was talking to him, I was like, bro, like you literally have family actually in Albuquerque. How, oh, yeah. e how easy would it be for you 
to come out once a month and shoot all this content. And I can literally produce this entire show of what you're wanting to do and pitch it to all these different networks, networks that he actually has connections with. And he's like, Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. Like I would, you know, we could totally do that. Let's pursue that. Like I want, I want to entertain this thought. Let's, you know, let's continue talking about it. And so I left that whole um, weekend, like super pumped and excited. I called Brent. I was like, bro, you're not going to believe this. Like he literally wants to do this entire show out of the warehouse. I was like, we have to move forward with this. We can't, we can't shut down this idea. And so that's like really what's Really motivated ignited. you to do it yeah yeah, yeah motivated motivated us to do and it created the you know capital potential to, to correct yeah. yeah and we we're like okay we're gonna have consistent income that's gonna help us pay and fund all the equipment that we need for this show like there's there's a lot of potential with him because he's awesome again like on yeah. camera he's awesome the yeah. content he was doing was incredible so very successful so, guy so yeah. much opportunity and so that's what we were that's what we were doing is we were pursuing this whole venture and I would continually ask him, like, "Hey, are, we're we're for sure gonna do this?" Like, oh yeah, yeah. Like I got my lawyer; he's gonna he's gonna write up a contract. Like this sounds great, you know, blah blah blah. So that's what we did. We pursued this. Like it even got to the point where I was like, "Okay, we're so busy just with our regular productions that we do locally." And I was also overseeing the creative video team at you know Calvary, our local church here. And so I just had to make the decision, like I. I can't do everything. Like I can't do all of this. And so I'm also not just going to like backtrack on our, our company that Brent and I built, you know, it's like, well, of course I'm going to pursue that, you know? And so I, I literally left my position at Calvary to pursue this. And, um, and I, I continually asked this guy, like, are you sure we're going to do this? Because I'm telling you, dude, like I'm going to completely turn my life around. Yeah, you're going to really I'm, commit to I'm, something. I'm, that, I am yeah. having to like convince my wife, oh, no, this is going to work out. This is going to be great. Yeah. I had to convince my business partner, like, yeah, this is going to be great. And I left my job. That's what I did. And um, so <laughs> we started again pursuing this thing. He would tell me. Yes, we're doing this. And Until what, like for, two months ago? For whatever reason, this is where things got weird. For whatever reason, homeboy just stopped texting me. Ghosted. Emailing me. <laughs> exactly. It just, <laughs> just like that. And I was like, okay, he's busy. He's traveling, like no big deal. And um, I would continually ask him, hey, bro, can you please send me the contract? Like before we sign the lease to this thing, I need to sign the contract. And then nothing, dude, nothing. Um, like he would eventually text me back or be like, Hey man, I'm, I've been busy. I'm sorry. My lawyer's working on it. Like, okay. So I kept having like this thing to hold on yeah, to. Yeah, He's like leading you on. Exactly. And then it got to the point where it was time to sign the lease. I was like, okay, <laughs> I, I got to sign this thing. Like I've already, you know, I've already done all this stuff. Like I can't, like, what am I supposed to do? So I signed the lease and, um, and then that's where he like really ghosted me. Rug Completely pull. ghosted me. Oh yeah. And, um, I don't know. I, I still don't know exactly what happened. Like, I don't know if he just got cold feet and didn't know how to tell me. And he knew that he, like, he knew that he literally influenced me to change my life, quit my job. Too and much pressure. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, dude. Like, I really have no idea. It's the weirdest thing. Uh, tried calling him multiple times. Just nothing, dude. And uh, I don't know. I just, I got into such a crazy funk and depression because I literally changed my entire life, you know, and I have a family that I have to support. I have a wife mm -hmm. and my business partner. And it was just, 
You I took the leap job. of faith. Yeah, exactly. And he, he left and, you um, out to dry. Yeah, unfortunately, that's the truth. But now we have this warehouse, and um, you know there was a point where Brett and I had to like sit down and have this serious conversation. Um, you know, we literally just went to a brewery one night, and we're like, dude, let's just talk one on one and figure this out. Like, are we actually going to do this? And if so, how are we going to make this work? You know, because so much of it was dependent on this guy and that's not happening anymore. So what are we going to do to make it work? And um, we both left that conversation feeling really good about it. Like I felt super encouraged because up to that point I was crushed. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I literally felt like I just completely failed myself and so many people around me. And it was good. Like we just prayed together and we decided to move forward. Yeah. We decided to move forward with it, and here we are. So, so you kicked a hole in the wall, as I like to say, and um, and I and I, you know, I'm sure it, it won't be all like downhill, easy, you know, coasting, because mm-hmm. now you know you got a lot, a lot of responsibility, a lot of weight on your shoulders. I totally, yeah. totally true. But you know, you, you you do well. You're you're a really good filmmaker. Yeah. You um you know, a, a separate from this endeavor, you'll be able to utilize the space, but um. I, I want to encourage you because I actually think that one day you're going to look back and be like, thanks, dude, for bailing. Yeah. Because probably had he not um, led you on, yeah. we you wouldn't have signed. Correct. And you probably wouldn't have taken the leap of faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm a big believer that, you know, if you have faith, if you have deep enough desire and grit, you you can you'll you'll make it work yeah and um and so yeah I, I think I think you'll 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 uh you'll make it happen and yeah that was a bummer because uh it was a bummer man this guy uh totally completely ghosted me man and there was one evening I remember where I was like I told my wife I was like I, I'm just gonna text him and be like bro I haven't heard from you in weeks I don't know what's happening but at this point I've already signed the lease and I have to move forward with it with regardless. So I'm just going to plan and move forward with you with, with the idea of you not being involved. That's all I said. And then he came back and I, I feel like that's really what he used be like, okay, like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm out. Like, I'm like, fine. So he, you if gave you, him an op- a crack. I gave the him door a door. He, exactly. Yeah. And so he did get back to me like right away. It was like, oh, oh, now you text me that quickly, like after all this time. And so, yeah, I think he, he finally just used that to pull himself out of it. And he's like, all right, well, I've already found another videographer in LA and, you know, we're going to just move forward. I was like, well, thanks for the opportunity. We can connect down the road. I was like, are you kidding me, dude? <laughs> like that's, I'm not, if you're still wanting to be involved in it, then let's talk about it. I'm just letting you know, I haven't, I haven't, yeah. I haven't heard from you. So I have to move forward yeah. with the idea that you're not involved. Like what else am I supposed to do? So I, I don't know. Anyways, we're here and it's been great so far, you know, uh, we've been cranking out all these sets. It's been a work in progress. It's a lot of a lot of work, a lot yeah. of stress, yeah. um, a lot of money, but it's, it's been great. And I have amazing people that are helping with this whole thing. You know, Chorus actually just designing the logo. He yeah. did, designed the entire Bunkhouse logo. Um, you know, Letitia Carlson, she's been helping build all the sets and doing mm-hmm. all that good stuff. And, you know, Brent, he's been cranking out, doing all of the, all the you know, behind the scenes stuff with the website and, this, you know, making sure that we're good to go with the city and bills and registering the new business and all insurance Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. So there's a lot. 
Yeah. Um, and he's been holding down the fort with a ton of the editing that we, that we do for our company while I'm over there painting my life away. So yeah, so, yeah, it's been, it's been an adventure for sure. So the goal is to completely be done by like the first week of July. Um, that's kind of like, build outs with built with pretty much, I mean, there's always going to be stuff to do, but for being able, being able to open to the public and have people to go in and shoot, that's like my goal is the beginning of July. Uh, because we were asked to do to participate in the Albuquerque film crawl. Um, it's That's pretty, different than the forty-eight hour thing. Yeah, it's different than the forty-eight. It's pretty much. I honestly don't exactly know what it is, but from what I've heard and the information that I've gathered is, it's just a. It's a. You know, I guess they go in. They all these people. I don't know how they even hear about it, but they go people that are in the industry, local filmmakers or whatever. They come together and they go into they, they literally go into a trolley and they go to all these different film locations around town that i guess could oh. be used you know they, they, it's just an asset for the city could and be or have been both i guess both you know they're just film like the, i guess they're starting off at a green screen studio it's called studio but oh West. okay so it's they probably like a there. big sponsorship program or like exactly you know, hey market your thing pay to be a part of the crawl. Correct. Yeah. And advertise your spot. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so bunkhouse will be one of the awesome. spots that they go to. And so they'll be at bunkhouse for like 45 minutes or something like that. They'll do a tour, um, get some more information about it. So that I think it's, it's sometime in early July. How do you find out about all these things? Networking dude, like seriously, just reaching out to the local film industry. And I think and that's getting, one of your big skills. One of your big uh, strengths. Is it's communication networking. networking? Yeah, yeah. I that's just what I love to do is just connecting with people and and building relationships with them and and so yeah, that's been good. I I've I've just over over the years have built really good relationships with people with people that are in the local film industry. Um, and so we've we had like the the Albuquerque Film Office, uh, the lady who runs the Albuquerque Film Office, come out um, and just check out the space. I've had a couple of location managers come out and just give some feedback and input, like do this, don't do that. Um, just in case if there is a big network or pilot that wants to come in and shoot something, you know, just kind of guiding us in that direction. But yeah, it's been good. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So you just did this 48 hour film festival that was happening, what, Friday? Started Friday? Yeah. Yeah. It started Friday. The kickoff was at seven o'clock. Um, so tell me what that is. Cause I, I had no idea before uh saturday i think is when mm -hmm. i first heard about chorus chorus also participated in this yeah he we, did <laughs> um gosh you guys are just the people in the film industry have i was telling chorus this they have a a a, a, a a really really good work ethic there's like this sense of like sacrifice for the cause that it doesn't matter what it takes stay up all night and get it done yeah. this is them there yeah, that was so, fun. So, that, so what are the rules? What is a 48-hour film festival? So you have to create an entire film from beginning to end um, in 48 hours, really. So the kickoff um, event happens um, at 6 o'clock on Friday, and then by 7 o'clock, the and event so starts. everybody meets at, this, yeah, at so a place? Everybody, every single team, just a representative from the team, goes to this event, and you're, you are randomly... Uh, given a category so each team has a different category oh i didn't know that. okay yeah each team has a different category but every single team has to include the same prop a line of dialogue and a character so every team gets that but every team has a different genre so you can't come prepared no it's you can't. literally you everything can't. start to finish has to happen within that 48, 48 hours. hours yeah correct so they give you your uh 
uh, your genre. Uh-huh. So like thriller, yours was thriller, right? Thriller suspense, yeah. And it could be comedy, it could be mm-hmm. romance or something, whatever. Um, and so they give you your, your category and then they give you your props. Yours mm-hmm. was? Um, an earring. The prop was an earring. Okay. The character's name was Damien Poe. Okay. And then the line of dialogue was, there's something missing here. So this is how they kind of make sure to keep it um, so that you didn't yeah. prepare it up front. Exactly. You're not cheating. Like, yeah, you could have some general ideas of what you're going to do, but you really don't know. Like, yeah. you know, you could get food film. It's like, how do you prepare for a food film, you know? Yeah. Or uh, a road trip is one of them. It's like, how do you, but then you got drama, you got comedy, you got musical, you got so this is thriller. At, so this is at Bunkhouse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so right after the event, or sorry, right after the kickoff event, we all met at Bunkhouse, uh, me, Ryan Cook, Brent, um, Chorus, and Marcos. Um, they're all just good friends of ours mm-hmm. that work together all the time. And then we just went out to eat. Yeah, we just went out to eat and we're like, okay, well, what are we going to do? You wrote up a script. Wrote up a script. Um, and then I had all of our actors, everybody that wanted to participate, show up at nine o'clock at the bunkhouse. And we're like, okay, you're going to be this person. You're going to be that person. And they all know they're going to be working Oh yeah, hard Oh all yeah. night. And they have no idea what they're doing. Like I told them, <laughs> I just crazy. told them, bring as much wardrobe as you can for all different genres. They bring their own clothes? Yeah. Oh wow. I just told them, just bring options, you know, just in case, because I don't know what we're so doing. So she brought mm-hmm. her own robe and all that? Well, that was after we had written the script. I said, okay, because oh, okay. that was before she had showed up. And I was like, I called her. I was like, hey, make sure you bring a bathrobe because I, I, we have, we know what we're going to be doing. Um, at this point, we had already okay. written the script. And so I was like, hey, bring like a, a good earring that has a good profile on it, but then also bring a bathrobe because you're going to be in a dialogue scene in the bathroom. Mm. Um, so we knew about that. But everybody else, I was like, yeah, just bring clothes and we'll figure it out from there. So yeah, it was fun. We, <clears throat> we started filming probably around 10 p.m. And we filmed till, till sunrise, honestly. Really? The last shot was at sunrise. Wow. And then went home got about two hours of sleep and I woke up because I was super anxious and I was like, I need to start editing it. This is crazy. And so yeah, started editing it and I edited literally from like, I don't know, 1 PM till midnight that night. So I literally had only slept like two hours the entire time. It was terrible, (laughs) but that's the nature of the beast. Yeah, That's what makes it fun. And so everybody's given the same limitations. Mm-hmm. You kind of had an added benefit because you could film multiple locations in one location because oh, yeah. it's all at the bunkhouse, which is nice. Well, yeah, we had a whole, this whole entire like ghetto living room that you we built out that, that we, week. Yeah, exactly. We were able to bring a car and bash the window for a, for a scene. And then we literally walked just literally <laughs> yeah. right on the other set, yeah. on the other side of the wall for the bathroom scene. And then the other, on the other set was, uh, was a, um, the garage set. Yeah. So yeah, it's fun. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And so when does it do? What's the whole, how does it conclude the whole thing? So you, again, you have 48 hours to do the whole thing. So you have to, you have to get the finished product to them, to them. And then what happens by seven o'clock. Okay. Um, so after that, there's two weeks for judging. Um, and then the judges make a decision on, you know, who won during the So they send out an email like, Oh, they're going to have a premiere, um, for all of the films in two weeks and they're all about what how like four minutes to seven minutes you have to do four between four to seven minutes okay yeah within that range so it's like a little short film within four to seven minutes Mm -hmm. and so you have how many how many contestants or how many teams gosh i don't remember the exact number but i know that this was the most teams that they've had since 2017 or 2018 
Huh. Do you remember, Chorus, what they said? I can't remember. I think it was like 20, it's the most teams since 2017. There was like 50 groups, right? Almost, yes, around there. It was like 50 teams. Um, but of so, course, okay, well, not everybody makes that deadline, you know, so there was a lot. Okay, of so some people get disqualified. Some people get disqualified off the bat because they weren't able to turn their film in within 48 hours. And uh, and some of them maybe turn it in and don't hit some of the rules. Yeah, they're missing, yeah. missing dialogue or props or whatever. Okay. Yeah. So then they'll get to, so you might probably end up with like 40 to 30. Yeah. You have a better chance of winning qualifiers. Sure. And then, mm-hmm. so they watch, they'll do, do a, like a, not a ceremony, but like a, an event where they watch all of them. Yeah. So the judges, I, I'm, I believe, I don't know, I don't know how it works, you know, but I'm pretty sure they watch all the films on their own and they judge it based off certain things. But then all the filmmakers, um, two weeks after, they have a giant premiere of all the films. So everybody comes together and watches everybody's 48-hour film, which is super cool. Yeah. Like, I'm super excited. And everyone's local. Everybody's local. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm pumped to watch everybody else's film. Like, I'm excited to see what people did for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then a week after the showings, then that's when the award ceremony is. Oh, so that's a separate event. Okay. It's a separate event. Yeah, it's just like an award ceremony with an after party. So, yeah, it's okay. pretty sweet. So it's they fun. announce the winners, and there's a, like one winner? Or is there multiple winners? Uh, I think you can win different awards based on different things, like best directing, best editing, okay. best acting. It's like the Academy Awards. Best been. overall, things like that. And I think if you win overall, then you get placed into another film festival. Okay. Um, film Palooza, I think it's what it's called. So, yeah. So you're hoping to, to do that? Yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's, that's the goal. The, that's the goal. I have done. This is my fourth forty-eight hour. Oh wow! Uh, but this is the Consecutive? first one. No, it's okay. been yeah, no, not yeah. Um, but this is the first one where we have actually like led the team and registered our own team, Journey Home Media. Um, all the other forty-eight, so we've just been asked. Well, I've been asked to like, hey, can you do camera or? And you do editing or whatever, and they've never won anything. So I'm like, okay, like I just want to, sorry, I just bumped the mic. Um, I just want to register our own team and just do it for ourselves and not have to like be there for another team. You know, sure. it's like, yeah, if we're going to win this thing, I want to win it like under our name. So yeah. we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Okay. This is the giveaway announcement. Thank you guys so much for participating. Those of you who participated, uh, we had about, I don't know, close to a hundred people participate. We're now over 100 subscribers on YouTube, which is awesome. Thank you so much. Okay, so I wrote on all the names of the people who entered, and I put them on these little pieces of paper here. So I'm just going to pick one at random. The winner of the Thunderbird Feather Necklace is... Justin Smith. Justin Smith. You can focus in. Thank you for entering, Justin. Thank you for participating subscribing, following along, all that stuff, I will contact you. Congratulations. Okay, next up, the winner of the Thunderbird Concho Cuff is Elizabeth Smith. Two Smiths? I swear it's not rigged, guys. Elizabeth Smith. I don't actually know if it's right side or not. Congratulations, Elizabeth. I'll reach out. Uh, You are now the lucky winner of the um, Thunderbird Contra Cuff. Okay. The w- next up, and finally, last but not least, we have the Fox Horse Ring. Okay, who we got? Matthew Penner. Matthew Penner. Thank you for participating, Matthew. I'll reach out to all three of you guys. 
and get you guys your gifts. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you so much for participating in this giveaway. If you didn't win anything this time, don't worry. There'll be more giveaways just like this one in the future. Oh, and don't forget, you can also give us feedback, questions, or topic suggestions to contribute to the show at 505-600-2399. Send us a text or leave a voicemail. You may make it onto one of the episodes. Okay, that's enough of that. Let's get back into the show. Did you hang in there, course during the whole 48-hour thing? Oh, yeah. I was... Uh... This year I did. Last year I fell asleep on the sidewalk in front of the courthouse at 5 a.m. <laughs> really? Yeah, it was pretty yeah. bad. I like had the shakes. It was not cool. <laughs> but this year I think because the uh, once we finally get to show everyone the video, it's a pretty quick paced story. And so we were on our feet right until sunrise. So it, it was really, really yeah. fun. Awesome. And again, the nice thing is we were filming something. Um, you know, we didn't, ha- we didn't have to like travel and wait and like take long breaks. Like we were, we were able to film something like right off right off the bat you know we were like we were on a pretty tight schedule and yeah so the team had good momentum you know yeah. it's like it's encouraging when you see like content being shot we're able to review footage all right that's great you get a little dopamine hit you move on to the next the next shot you know as opposed to waiting for hours rehearsing yeah. lines or driving across town or whatever yeah yeah well so, good man good luck I, it's know. fun i hope it goes well we'll see i remember i i uh i've never i don't have any experience with within the movie industry or film industry or shows or anything like that. Um, but when I was, I think probably 20 and I worked at Starbucks, I was on like a last resort, like a last, you know, if I get one more thing against me, I'm out. Yeah. But I, I was, I was a part of a, a, a movie as an extra, as a, like a boom op. Mm-hmm. And um, I had to stay cause I was a part, I was a part of a scene and they're like, you can't leave. Like you're a part of this thing. We got to keep, we, we didn't get it yet. So they kept me oh. really late. And, uh, <laughs> and so I, I, you know, I stayed up till, I don't know, real late, you know, and then I went home and I went to sleep and I slept past my alarm and I got a phone call from my um, manager. And I remember, this is the funniest thing to me because I remember picking up my phone, answering it. And, uh, and I just was waking up and I was like, oh my. And I said, no. <laughs> no because i was realizing <laughs> yeah. i slept yeah. in and yeah, i knew yeah. that i was like in trouble because i knew i couldn't you know <laughs> but and then i was like oh crap she's on the phone and uh so I, I was like hey hello and she's like yeah you're supposed to be here and i was like oh i'll be right there so i, I went in i worked my shift and at the end of the shift they fired me oh my gosh i just you know i it was it was Dude, probably they're, they're for the ruthless better. man those, i know well it, movies but it, you know it's weird because the people that work on this on movies, I don't understand the drive necessarily. I guess I have it in me too. Like, hey, we got to get this done. There's like yeah. this obsessive, this is the mission. We're a team. We're going to get it done. Mm-hmm. There's not this like personal selfish concern when you're on a movie set. It's very much the, the cause drives everyone to rally. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's interesting to me about that. Um, industry is that they're they're very. It's unlike a lot of other industries where people are just kind of like lazy or yeah they don't really catch the vision. I think with a movie, there's like for whatever reason, there's an organic motivation to do whatever it takes. Yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah, and and you have that chorus. You have that same spirit and work ethic. Yeah, 
And you know, when I was when I was younger, when I was still trying to figure out my whole filmmaking career, career, what am I what am I actually going to do in this industry? Um, like I was pursuing becoming, you know, a director or in the six hundred, which is the cinematography guild, and that's what I was doing for a while, a couple of years. Um, but you know, before I was married and all that, and I, to be honest with you, I hated it. Like I, I just did not like it. I, it, I the hours, just the, the hours, and like I, I loved all the people that I was working with, but I, I guess just before I was even pursuing that, like I was creating short films my entire life. Like that's all I've ever done. Like I have videos from when I was a kid. You know, just literally using my parents' video camera and just filming whatever the heck I wanted. Like hours and hours of content. So that's just always been in my blood is is filmmaking. And so when I actually was pursuing to get into the industry, I was just losing that joy and that like passion because, you know, especially, you know, like for, for I'm just going to use the cinematography um, union because that's what I was pursuing. But like, you're just on set and you can't even touch the camera and you can't, you, you can't really do anything. And it takes years to, you know, to build your way up there. And I just hated that, you know, like I just loved being behind a camera so much. And yes, I know like there's, there's rules and you have to like be patient and make your way up. But I just yes, had like, yeah, but I just had like this drive. Like I just want to be able to create my own stuff. You know, it's like, I just, this isn't fun to me. Like there's no passion. There's no passion doing this. And yeah, like I was on big sets and I was learning from these, yeah. these people, which don't get me wrong. Like, you know, that portion of it, I loved, but long-term, as like a career choice, I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, I can't, there's just, this isn't fun to me. Like, this is not what I want. This is not what I want to do. Um, and it's, you know, when, when Brooke and I were, my wife, when we were really getting serious, I was like, even on top of, the, top of this, I was like, I can't, I can't pursue this because you were on set for an insanely amount of hours. And like, I want a family someday. And is that when you moved independent? That's when I went back to independent, I guess, yeah, yeah, and really stopped pursuing the the film industry, the Hollywood film industry, and just doing it independently. And so, since then, which was, I don't know, eight nine years ago, about eight years ago, that's all I've been doing independently. And I can honestly say now, I would there's no there, like I've gotten to a point just in my career where I've just grown so much as a cinematographer and as a director, as an editor. And there's no way I would have been able to get there if I didn't go independently, sure. you know, like I probably would have just been stuck in the, you know, in the camera department and <laughs> that's it. It's like, that's, I don't know. I just, the way I see it is, you know, the systems are good and actually admire them very much. Cause I would love to build one like that, sure. like specifically how the camera industry works. You got all of these pe different people all catching the vision Mm -hmm. all working grueling hours, all know exactly what they're supposed to do. And then at the end it comes together and you have an awesome product. Mm -hmm. To me, that's amazing. Yeah. I work alone. I work solo. I do everything, not everything. Chorus is probably the first person I've been able to really jive with and, and make, make things with uh, on a consistent basis. And, 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 but you know, it's, it's always been a real struggle with me. But I think that I admire so much, like even construction or anything that utilizes so many different departments from start to finish, yeah. because it's, it's, it's so much. Mm -hmm. Not one individual department or can do everything. Yeah. And, 
But eventually, you know, when you work within a system like that, which, you know, it's good because you're learning the system. I think it's probably natural and good to come out of it. Yeah. And experience at least independent entrepreneurship or independent filmmaking, independent whatever it is, freelance, anything. I never had it in me to like stay in it. Sure. I've just, I've just enjoyed it so much more. Like, yeah, you get to work on these films, mm-hmm. but I don't know. There was a lot of times where I was working on the film I didn't necessarily want to put my name on. You know? Yeah, um, yeah, fair enough. And so you just <laughs> kind of like, it just becomes a job after a while. And doing it independently is like, I get to choose what artists I get to work with, or I get to choose what companies I get to work with. And, you know, we've, we've been able to do and do tons of different productions from commercial productions to um to music videos to just promotional videos or whatever you know um and to me that's just that's just more fun like i just i get so much more joy out of that and for brent and i like that's we still want to pursue film like that's our that's our goal is to be able to make feature films some days and i know that's extremely hard the independent route i get that um but I think we're on the right path and eventually we'll get there. I know it's not going to happen overnight, but eventually I know we'll be able to get there. Well, every system had to eventually, like Hollywood had to start somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the major difference is there's a lot of capital there. Sure. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, a, lot, it's a lot harder for sure. And it comes down to finances. But. That's the problem with freelancing and, and entrepreneurship is that you, 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 you have to be really good at your craft at your at your skill set then you also have to be really good at every other thing mm-hmm. that a business because it's, a business isn't just a, um filmmaking you know it's the finances it's um delegation leadership it's all these different things that you got to learn to run a proper business and that's where my mind's at i'm trying to like accumulate skills to build a team, to build a business, to go far. They say you go far together, mm-hmm. you go fast alone. Uh, I'd rather go far. I'd rather build something that's big mm-hmm. and uh, creates opportunity for other people. But the idea that, you know, to go back to the, like a big film set or something that did start somewhere, started yeah. with some ambitious person yeah, or some accident mm-hmm. like Bunkhouse. Yeah. You know, where somebody's like, I just got to make something happen. Mm-hmm. Did I ever tell you that story of the hole in the wall? When I say that, like to kick a hole in the wall, no. I never told you that? No. I don't think I've ever said it on the podcast either. Might as well share it. I use that and I actually think it's a, uh, I have an Instagram post about it. But um, when I was a kid uh, living at home, my uncle was kind of a construction guy. He was kind of a dreamer. He was the pastor. He was the pastor of the vineyard. He was, you know, cool guy had a lot of drive, a lot of faith, a lot of entrepreneurial qualities. But my parents wanted to um, renovate the house. They wanted to do, um, do a new kitchen and put a wall, a hole in the wall and kind of, mm-hmm. but they had a hard time making the executive decision, like committing to it. And so he says, Are you, you guys want to do this? Like, is this something you want to do? And they were like, yeah, yeah, but you know, we'll, we'll do it eventually. And as soon as he said, uh, as I remember, my parents alluded to the, that they wanted to do it. He had his back against the wall and they said, yeah, and he's kicked a hole in the wall. He's like, now you have to do it. <laughs> yeah. And so, 
What's funny about that actually is that he kicked a hole in the wrong spot, <laughs> so oh. he had to patch the wall. Not a big deal, but uh, but they ended up doing the remodel. Yeah, yeah. Um, they kicked a hole in. Well, he kicked a hole in the wall, mm-hmm. and they and they made it. Uh, they committed to having to do it. And so when I say that in your situation, is there's a lot of times when we have to make an overall decision and leap of faith and say, okay, now I got it. Back it up. Yeah. And um, I think that we don't believe in ourselves enough. I love, I do think about Kanye a lot in regards to this, like faith and, and, you know, this drive and this sense of confidence. That, where did that come from? Come from, from as a little kid in Chicago, you know? Um, but he does. He, he, I think he, in his music, it's all wrapped up in his, you know, persona is this, this just drive. But there's something to it. In fact, in, it, there's a book, there's a popular book called um, Think and Grow Rich. I've actually never read the whole book, but they're, they're, it's like multiple steps on, on how to become a successful entrepreneur or a successful business person. And the first one is desire. To desire uh, wealth, to desire you know what, whatever it is that you want, to, to picture it, to desire it. And then the next one was to believe, to have, to have faith that you could achieve that. Yeah. And I, I, I think um, it's not just like this thing, but to believe that you actually can. It's like in sales. Um, like if you don't believe in your product, you're not going to be very con- uh, convincing. Sure. You know? But if, if, you can, uh, if you believe in your product, which is really just faith, you, you have faith in your product, well, you're going to be a better salesman. And uh, likely you're going to be able to translate that product into a sale. I think it's the same with, with us. And they say success breeds, breeds confidence. And so you need you know, little increments of success and success and success to prove to yourself, to give yourself faith. But there are some, like, psych- I was telling Bree about this. I was like, there's some psychotic people out there that can just, it's like the craziest people are the most successful people. Somehow, like, they're just able to have this, like, faith that seems to come out of nowhere. That's kind of, and, and, and sometimes it is. It's like straight ego. It's straight um, just arrogance and self-conceit or whatever. And I think that's not necessarily what I'm, I'm describing or advocating. <laughs> yeah, but, what, are you, what are you saying, bro? But there is something to it, man. Like, <clears throat> you've ever met a guy who just has this, like, energy and this... Um, confidence. It translates into like relationships too, mm-hmm. of course, but it just, it just, it, it just exudes like, oh, if he believes in it, I believe in it. Oh, I, I, I remember this. This is a weird story. I, I, I was crazy. I, I've been crazy at multiple times in my life, but there was a time when I was converted to the faith, like yeah. truth, truthfully, I, I had this weird like energy and I would call it like the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Like I was just recently regenerated. And I remember I'd go around town and I was just so filled with like joy and hope and love and vision. And, and it was um, just really palpable. And, and in my group of friends, I remember saying, we're going to change the world. You guys want to change? Let's change the world. Let's do this. And no real like specifics. But I remember it was kind of like the message and it was just organic. It wasn't fake. But there was something that happened in that energy and in that, in, that, in that relationship that ended up happening. And 
a bunch of guys ended up gathering around and we started like a, a small commune. <laughs> um, I say it's a commune. It was, it was just like a community house. You know, we went, rented a house and all shared a house together. But it was a lesson to me because I had this like weird sense of faith that nobody could deter me from. And because I did, and I, it was genuine, I think a lot of people were like, yeah, yeah, let's, let's be radicals, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I think there's, there's a lot to really pull out of that. I'd be curious to ask you guys, you guys are both content creators, both artists and makers, uh, business owners. Do you guys struggle, struggle with or have you in the past struggled with imposter syndrome? Because I feel like for me, the, the thing that holds me back from that confidence or from like networking is that self-doubt that I'm not sure I'll ever be able to get over organically. Like, is it, do I have to bluff my way through it? Or how do you get to the point where you're, you're just, it just is who you is, who, who you are. You know what I mean? I think there's a degree of that. Like a fake it till you make it type of thing. Yeah. Although I don't necessarily believe in, in faking, in lying. And, 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 but I do think that you can have a sense of faith based on prior successes. There's this, the reason I brought up Kanye. In his mind, I've said this, on the, I think, on the podcast before, is that when he would go in to record a record, you know, he would just he'd channel this greatness. He'd have Steve Jobs, you know, Henry Ford. He'd have all of these people who, to him, exemplified just unmatched potential. And he would look at them, and he would, that would, that's who he would envision and, um, and say that, and he would just, you know, like kind of um, meditate on, on that mentality. And, and consider he's no different than I am. We're both born of women. We're both entirely fallible, all, whatever it is. And the truth of it is, when you think about it like that, what separates you from another human being as far as potential? Not much. I mean, you could say IQ. You could say, you know, no. circumstances of being, you know, raised in certain households, certain places, certain financial situations, certain schooling opportunities, whatever it is having two-parent household, you know, there's a lot of things that could, but I think what's so cool about Kanye in my mind is that he didn't come from a lot of that stuff. Now, he didn't come from, like, I don't think in serious poverty, but he came from a one-parent household. And um, all that to say, yeah, but again, I think it's success breeds confidence. And so when you, when you have little successes, those build and translate. It's like, I remember my mom when she sold her first candle. She was like, really? They liked it? Because, you know, in her mind, she was like, I'm not a candle maker yet because she hadn't made a sale. So that identity wasn't formed yet. Mm-hmm. And so she thought, I'm, I'm, I'm fake. I'm, I'm a, it's an imposter. But w- what it was was wax, a fragrance, and a wick. Yeah. It's literally a candle. She was a candle maker. But in her mind, she, she needed the success of sales Sure. To um, give her that sense of confidence, the success to breed that confidence. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a good, that's a really good example. Like I feel that's how we are with Bunkhouse right now. Cause we're not open to the public. Mm-hmm. We don't know how this thing is going to do. Like, I don't even know if I mentioned this earlier, but the whole point is to be able to rent this place out to the local film, filmmaking community, photography community. But I have no idea mm-hmm. how this place is going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, but a candle is what? Wax mm-hmm. and a wick. What, mm-hmm. What's a studio? Just it's the same exact thing. A couple walls, some paint. 
into some props. Yeah. This is, this is, this <laughs> is why, and this is where I've been the last couple of years in this, in this state of like psychology. It's actually kind of been a, a main topic that's kind of been on the last few episodes, a lot of psychology. Um, but, but, but that idea is, so you, yeah, you have, you have a 10,000 square foot studio yeah, and you have a bunch of different sets mm-hmm. that are going to eventually be built out. What is separating you from Jacob, right? You, 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 you have a high degree of respect for him. He's, he's become successful. Now, of course he didn't achieve that. Just, mm-hmm. I would assume just, just inherited this type of success that some people do. Some, yeah. Some t- there's a reason, there's a mentality, there's a, exactly. a the process, drive. The drive. a drive, all of those different things. And so, but at some point, you know, some people, I have noticed this. When I was in Nashville, there was a lot of, I hate the word privilege because it seems like a, a dig. I actually see privilege as like, God bless you. Somebody, you, you, your dad, your, your, your forefathers, you know, what, the people in your family have invested and been responsible and in, 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 um, and given you awesome things. But, you know, I, there's people that I met, a lot of people in Nashville, a lot of them were funded by their families to be there and to pursue these dreams and to pursue these things. A lot of them, I felt like I was kind of the odd one out. Not that I was super special, but, or, you know, in any, that that is special in any way. Um, but, you know, I didn't have some of the same benefits that some of them did. I actually saw those as, that as a, um, a positive. But, there was a, um, I, I, all, all, that, all that I'm saying in that is that there is, some people have the added benefit of like a parent or someone speaking life over them and saying, you can do this. Yeah. And, and that kind of answers your question, right? I think so, yeah. Is that, can't, you know, if, even if you don't have the success yet, to have the encouragement, to have your that tribe of people that's behind you saying, you can do this. I know you can do it. I believe in you. And the opposite is also true. You're a failure. You're never going to amount to anything. You suck. You don't know how to do this. You don't know how to manage money. You've never done this before. That's not us. You know, those types of things. It's the power of life is, and death is on the tongue. But I really, really believe, and I'm, I'm a product of, of positive words, and maybe by God's blessing and, and grace, I've been able to kind of tune out the negative stuff because I've also gotten some of that over the years. And I think it's important to believe, this is where faith comes in, but also yeah. to believe this is the mental battle, the spiritual battle that we all engage in, in our own lives, whether you're an entrepreneur or creative, whatever, in our own lives, always, who will you listen to? What will you believe about yourself? about the world, about Jesus, about everything. That's your decision. Because we're all hearing things constantly. And we make the decisions internally, which voices to believe, who to listen to, voluntarily and involuntarily. Today was a hard day, in a sense. Because there's a lot of feelings, a lot of negotiations. Jordy and I are in the middle of working out some uh, a podcast studio in, in Bunkhouse. And then, but that's also hinged upon a bunch of other negotiations and other fall-throughs and the domino effect. And this is actually funny, ties, ties in perfectly. Because I was thinking about this, so did you. 
the dominoes. So th- there was a fall through in. Um, so we're working on a deal. Hopefully it works out here at Towns uh, where we're going to merge or do a collaborative space here where we're going to bring in a, another business, a friend of ours. And um, this friend, is, we're working it out because it's um, hopefully will benefit both businesses by lowering overhead costs. But this, this friend is, uh, she had someone fall through on her in the business. She was about to sell the business and all these different things. And that was going to then fall through to other different things. And it was going to create a domino effect to where the things weren't going to work out continually. So I wouldn't be able to move and, and, and afford, you know, a separate space. And so anyways, all this different stuff. So it was, it was a conscious effort in my mind today to say, no, we need to buckle down. We need to collaborate. We need to get creative. We need to have, change our attitudes. We need, but it's an in, in internal battle that, that happens almost on a day-to-day, absolutely on a day-to-day basis, whether or not it, it's a big thing or a small thing. But that's what makes a successful person and a not successful person, a faithful person and a not faithful person. And I, I think that that, that, uh, however much that involves business, we talked about it on one of our episodes before, you know, a strong mentality. Actually, I'm going to call, I'm going to, I'm going to praise a friend. I have a buddy, you know, Daisy May, uh, you know, um, I don't Daisy May gauge. Uh, yeah, he's got a hat company. So he's, he's a former local, but he's in Nashville right now. In fact, yeah, I don't know who that is. I'm, uh, I'm selling jewelry out of his shop right now, but he had a real big bummer situation happen. Um, Gage Spees, he, he makes hats. He used to make hats uh, formerly under the name Daisy May and Daisy May Hat Co. But he got uh, news that he's getting sued. Cease and desist. Apparently he was using Daisy May. He wasn't legally allowed to use it, so he had to change his brand name. Wow. All these different things. But I, I sent it to Bree and... Um, I was like, wow, I love this guy's attitude. And I encouraged him too, you know. But he was like, not going to cry about it, changing my name, just announced it. And he did a further thing about it. But I was like, good job, dude. Just like taking that one on, on the chin and moving forward. Mm-hmm. Something like that would like totally detour, uh, cause someone else a uh, major, put him on a detour, you know what I mean? Yeah. But he's just like, oh, going forward. He, he, he actually just did a similar thing to you, where he's like, I'm going in on space in downtown Nashville. And he's got this, like, he, he's awesome. He's, he's got that sense of confidence and, like, this drive. And I'm like, heck yeah, dude. And, uh, you know, it's a big overhead. It's a big risk. It's, it's, uh, but he's going to make it happen. Yeah. You're going to make it happen. We'll make it happen, man. Like, we, I, again, we, me and Brent, we had that night of are we actually yeah. going to do this but it really just comes down to like is this this is something that jesus wants us to pursue you know and if, if we both felt like yes it is um and so having that faith mentality is huge you know otherwise i don't i don't know we, if we would have been able to do it without that mm-hmm. um but he's just been able to continuously open up doors uh and close doors you know including yeah. that one that we had just talked about closing that door and who knows, like, yeah, it sounded great in the moment, and but we don't know where that would have led uh, and where we would have been a year from now, you know? I have no idea. 
but we just have to trust God and 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 believe that that was the best decision. Yeah, that, that door was shut for a reason for reasons that we don't know. Uh, it probably will never know, but it happened. You know, oh, you might maybe potentially, yeah. But I just I know that God used that situation. You're gonna succeed to push us, and you're gonna look back, <clears throat> and you're gonna say, "Thank you." Yeah. guy who 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 <laughs> yeah. you know encouraged me to do this god bless you yeah. i hope the best for you but you're gonna say wow thank you god yeah i didn't understand what was going on then yeah, but now we do yeah yeah it'll take some faith it'll take some hard work it'll take some grit determination it'll take others mm-hmm. to encourage you you know but you're gonna do good man yeah i believe in it thank you man i, appreciate I believe it. in you <clears throat> Thank you for your friendship, definitely. Yeah. And Mr. Chorus over there. Well. My butt is killing me right now. Your buns? My buns. Well, I thanks. Have, I don't have a butt, dude. So my just bones right now just sitting on. You're sitting on a bad one. <laughs> Jordan, it's for those that don't know, Jordy's actually quite a bit taller than me, but he's sitting on a shorter stool yeah, it's super to fit short. in frame. There's no cushion. So it's been, what, an hour, 40 minutes? Uh, yeah, probably. My poor butt, dude. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Thank you for coming on, man. Is there anything yeah, man, you want to plug? Um, yeah. If you're local and if you are a photographer or filmmaker, Bunkhouse will be open uh, sometime in July, hopefully yeah. beginning in July, but it'll be uh, rentable on an hourly basis and you can create whatever you want in there really. Cool. So, yeah. And for video work, are you open for that too? Yeah, totally. Uh, so whether or not you're local. Yeah, exactly. Brent and I own whole production company, Journey Home Media. And so we do commercials, music videos, pretty much anything video, animation, motion graphics. Um, yeah. Cool. So let us know. Well, thanks for coming on. Of course. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Love you. Bye.